Hi there, my name is Anna Michelle Gomu and you are listening to the podcast where we take our time to seek God in His Word each day. We're currently on a Bible in your challenge reading through the entire Bible in 365 days from Genesis to Revelations. And I'm glad you decided to join us today because it's gonna be great. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay listening. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Floodcast. Today is day 170 of our Bible in a Year Challenge, and you are welcome back once again on this amazing journey. Today we're beginning from the books of 2 Kings. We are starting a whole new book of 2 Kings, but it's just like a continuation of 1 Kings. So it's still pretty much the story we've been reading. And we're also looking at 1 Chronicles as well as praying along with Psalms 69. I hope you stay tuned to the end because we have so much to cover. First of all, in 2 Kings, we're looking at the king of Israel. The king Ahaziah, who is the son of King Ahab, is now ruling as the king of Israel. And then apparently he has an injury from a fall. He falls off his balcony and he sends his servants to go and inquire of Beelzebub, the god of a Philistine city, to see if he was going to recover or not. And then God sent Elijah to send news to King Ahaziah of Israel that sending his servants to go and inquire of another god about his recovery was wrong and was idolatry and was a sin because you have God of Israel. So why would you want to go to another god to seek answers when you have already the God of Israel? And one thing that we just want, I just want to point out is that Elijah is the prophet of the north. So most of his prophecies, most of his messages are to the kings of Israel because they kind of needed the most. I mean, the kings of Judah also needed, as we're going to see later on, but the kings of Israel need God's help the most because they're drawing farther and farther away from God every single time. So anyways, after Elijah sends this news to Isaiah, I think he does not take this well and he wants to punish Elijah for this. So he sends his soldiers. And on two occasions, we're talking about soldiers of 50. So Soldiers of 50 plus the chief of the soldiers, which is 51. He sends 51 soldiers to Elijah the first time. And Elijah calls down fire and consumes all of them. And the second time he sends another group of 51 soldiers to Elijah to capture him and bring him to the palace. And Elijah calls down fire on the soldiers again. And then the third time, I think this third time, the chief of the 50 soldiers was kind of wise. He got and took lessons from what happened to the previous soldiers. And he comes begging Elijah to please come with him and Elijah decides to go with them according to the word of God and tells King Isaiah that because of his sins because he inquired about his recovery and health from another God he was going to die with that injury and he died with the injury and we're told that Joram his son takes his place so this might be a bit confusing because um second Kings chapter one ends with the fact that Joram takes the place of King Isaiah as the king of Israel in the same year that King Jehoram of Judah is reigning. So we have King Joram of Israel and King Jehoram of Judah. Sounds very confusing, but just to make that clear. And then we look at Second Chronicles, which kind of zooms in on what is going on in Judah, the southern part of the people of Israel. And we have King Joash of Israel, of Judah rather, reigning. King Joash was crowned as king at a tender age of seven years old. I think we read about how the whole drama played out with 
Queen Atalaya wanted to wipe out all of her grandchildren and all of her competition for the throne, but then she was killed because someone had hidden Joash when she was on the killing spree, and then he was brought back and he was crowned by Jehoiada, the priest, as the king of Judah. And so King Joash starts on an amazing note. He wants to bring the people back to God. He has an amazing advisor and mentor, Jehoiada, the priest, which helps so much and then he rebuilds and renews and repairs the temple he orders the people to pay their taxes as moses had ordered and commanded and the people are more than happy because they see this is a new age this is a new time we're no we're no longer under the um authority of the evil queen Atalaya. this is a new king from the line of david doing things according to the word of god and everything is going great everything is going fine but then disaster strikes because Jehoiada, the priest, dies and his son Zechariah takes his place. And we see there is this 180 shift from Joash. Joash, who was this great king who wanted to do everything according to God's law, um, kind of falls away after Jehoiada passes. And now he begins to worship the goddess of Asherah, the goddess Asherah, and bows down to other idols and offers sacrifices. And even though there are so many other prophets and priests, especially Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, who kind of advises him to turn back to God, he refuses to listen and continues in his evil ways, continues in the idolatry, and even goes as far as killing Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada. And because of this, the people do not like him anymore. They actually turn against him and kill him after he's injured in a battle with the Syrians. And one thing we can get from this is that mentors and the people we surround ourselves with the people we look up to in our journey as christians goes so far to determine our growth with god and i think this is one lesson we keep on hearing and we has been repeated over and over again that our company the people who advise us the people who mentor us has a huge impact on our growth with god because we just saw king Joash forgetting all that god saved him from forgetting that God protected him, forgetting that God bestowed upon him such a great responsibility as a tender age. He forgot all of that and began to turn to idolatry. And so we have to be very careful. We have to be, we have to be intentional about the people we look up to in our Christian life. But one other thing we can get from this is that as much as it's good to have a good advisor, as much as it is amazing to have a good mentor, it is also important that we have a heart that is ready to listen. Because Joash, you can say that he turned away because Jehoiada died, yes. But there was also Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, who was also advising him, admonishing him, and also telling him that what he was doing was wrong in turning back to God. But he refused to listen. So it is one thing to have a mentor and a good advisor that is setting the path for you. But it is another thing to have a heart that is ready to listen and to turn back to God when we fall away. So today, let that be our prayer that God surrounds us with people that help us grow more and more in love with him, that helps us build our relationship with him, and also that he softens our heart and gives us ears that are ready to listen to advice, that are ready to listen to corrections when we turn away. Because these are very two important factors that determine how well and how willing we are to obey God. Anyways, Psalms 69 today is such, such an amazing psalm honest prayer of david which was which can also be read and 
described as a prayer of Jesus on the cross because it talks about Jesus, Jesus's passion and suffering while he was dying on the cross and his crucifixion. And one thing I got from Psalm 69 is that I can be more honest in my conversations with God. I don't have to have everything all figured out. I can come with my bandaged, wounded, injured self and come and tell God how I feel completely and how how I how I see my situation, how I see myself, how I see people around me. I can be honest with God because he knows everything actually. He knows our heart, he knows our thoughts, even though we try to hide it. So that is one thing I can get because even David in Psalm 69, as much as we hear that Christians should always pray for their enemies, Christians should pray for the conversion of their enemies, David in Psalm 69 prays that his enemies suffer. And not just that they suffer, but he sees them suffering. And so we can say that this was not that much of a good prayer. I mean, we can judge and say that this was a bad prayer. But one thing we can also say is that it was an honest prayer. And so we can be honest with God. We can be honest with our feelings. We can be honest in our conversations with God and trust that he heals us. He helps us. He corrects us. And we listen to his corrections. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Tomorrow we are going to be seeing a whole lot, especially from Elijah and Elisha, his successor. So anyways, I hope you stay tuned tomorrow, same time, same place. Please do not forget to share, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. We are still on our Bible in Year challenge. We're more than halfway there, and I hope that God gives us the persistence and the grace to finish up this challenge in good faith. Thank you so much for listening once again. Please have an amazing day.